Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Let me take just a few seconds here to tell you about my brand new e-commerce course uh, that is perfectly designed for those of you who are looking to build your own online business, right? I know it's going to work well for you guys because we deep dive into the process that I use to build my own e-commerce businesses. We're going to look at the six key elements that you need to be aware of for building a successful online store. I'm utterly convinced it'll make a huge difference to your business. I am I'm super proud of it, let me tell you. And it is brand new for 2020. It's called the e-commerce masterclass. You can check out what other people think about the course. You can find out more information on my site at mattedmondson.com. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. This is a show all about how to grow your own online business. Yes, every week I get to talk to amazing people from the world of e-commerce. I get to ask them all kinds of questions about what they know and how it's going to help us develop online. Because like you, I run my own e-commerce business. And so I definitely definitely want to know how that's going to work out for us, right? Now, historically, we've had one guest per show, okay? But this being the end of 2020 and the start of 2021, we have been doing something a bit different. And if you're a regular to the show, you will know we have been doing mashup episodes where we've had guests from the last 12 months come back onto the show. uh, And we've asked them a whole bunch of questions and put them together in some mashup episodes. Now, today we're talking about lessons that they have learned from 2020 that they are taking forward into 2021 and how those lessons can help us grow our own online businesses, our own business resilience in 2021. Now, in today's show, we've got part two of some great tips from Jesse Schober. Good to have him back on the show. Al McCann's back, as is Tim Hughes. We've got Brad Wayland. We've got Joanna Steele. We've got Simon. Simon Driscoll and Kath Pay. I mean, this is so jam-packed. You are absolutely not going to want to miss this. So make sure whatever you use to take your notes, you've got it available. But of course, if you cannot take notes, you'll be pleased to know that all of the notes from today's show will be available as a free download. Just head on over to our website, which is ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 47, and you will be able to download them. This is episode number 47. So ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 47. So let's start the show. Let's kick off in good fashion, shall we, uh, by bringing in the amazing Jesse Schoberg. Now, I spoke to Jesse back in episode number 30 about outsourcing your uh, e-commerce business. How to outsource stuff so you can build your e-commerce business, right? At the time, Jesse was living in the Philippines doing the digital nomad thing. So I was curious to know how Jesse was doing and also, well, basically where in the world he now was. So what are you, what are your plans for next year? What are you what are your big aims for next year? Our main focus for next year is building out integrations with as many platforms as possible because we found that our while while we work with anything more or less or custom coded stuff that people made in Node or whatever React uh, those kind of things 
but we found that the, the real sweet spot here is these integrations with these platforms. So mm -hmm. using the Thinkific example, right? As you mentioned, everybody's making courses now. They actually just got a huge uh, load of funding uh, recently as well because mm -hmm. it's this online course thing is just going crazy. And But yeah, of course, people need a blog. And then in this case for them, having a blog is just a thorn in the side, right? It's yeah. like they want to have a teaching platform with a subscription service. They don't care about making you a content platform. So we kind of pull that thorn out of their side and, and can work as a partnership there. And that works really well. So yeah, we've got, as I mentioned, about 40 that we're targeting different platforms and kind of just like I preach content, content, content. So for us, we've done really well with organic and, and cranking out the content. So this year is going to be the, you know, we're at that point where like our product, we're working on our product and, you know, trying to work out the fine details, but you know, we're, we're past the, we're not in the beta stage anymore. This is a, this is a very solid product that, that is being used widely now. So now we're in that growth phase of like, okay, how do we get this to the most people and, and that kind of thing. And it's, it's through these partnerships of the, the integration. So yeah, we're going to be cranking out content. We've got a content marketing plan pretty much for the whole next year. That's going to be our so main focus of let me just clarify you you've defined yep. your content marketing plan already for 2021 yep wow and i mean it's long play but you know for us we have it's basically integrating all these platforms so we're going to have tutorials on every single platform and we have this now but only on a handful i think we maybe have six or eight platforms defined and some of them we need to actually build an integration module, like some sort of an app or something, but most of them, it's just copy and paste our code and wherever it needs to go yeah. in the builder or the platform. And so, but by creating a, how to put a blog on X platform, then that starts to get us that traffic. And then, you know, we build out a lot of content around how to use our product with the platform and that kind of thing. And then, uh, so that's kind of our main focus for the year is, is building out content related to as many of those platforms as we can Fantastic. and just, going after it hard with the content. Yep. And so you've, you've got a team to do that. You were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we've got, uh, you know, we've got a couple of writers, uh, we've got some more technical and, and some more kind of topical, I guess. And there's a different, you know, our content plan has a, we have some technical stuff and then we have some more kind of, uh, less technical kind of fluffy pieces that, that are more of the lead magnet stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so we've got a, a couple of people doing that and then editor, and then that's kind of it for the content team, I guess. Uh, and then the, the rest is kind of dev side and, and we're, we're working on adding a few new things to the platform from the dev side and, uh, you know, always just trying to make it faster and, and make it, uh, you know, as clean as possible so that the integrations are really tight and everything looks really great when you first drop it in. Cause sometimes there might be a CSS conflict or something. And so we're always trying to work out those things. So there's as little extra work to do. And you're literally like five minutes away from like a beautiful looking blog platform. And so that comes with some challenges when you're integrating with all of these yeah, third parties, I can imagine. right? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, <laughs> So uh, I guess, uh, let me ask you a, a, a question. I think I know what your answer is going to be, but, um, and it's not, it's not necessarily related to Christmas or New Year, but my question is this. If someone's listening to the show that hasn't really done any content marketing to this point, 
Mm-hmm. Are they, and they're sitting there thinking, well, the content marketing thing, that's kind of set. It's kind of saturated. The content marketing thing's kind of saturated. Is it too late to get going? Mm. I mean, it's obviously never too late to add more quality content to the internet. And that's kind of the thing, uh, you know, especially if it, it can be daunting as if you're in a niche that's very competitive, you know, that's where it can get tough. If there's already a lot of big players doing content in your category that, that it's going to make it really hard to rank. Uh, but in that case, I generally say niche down a little bit, you yeah. know, it's like, Oh, you, you don't just do blankets, you know, you do red camping blankets or, you know, this kind of stuff and you start yeah. targeting stuff that way. And there's a lot of great tools out there that can be with that. Like if, if, uh, like Ahrefs is probably the, the, the biggest one and, and that, that we use and, and, you know, then you can see the keyword competition related to these things. So if you're just getting started, I, I suggest using some of, uh, something like Ahrefs where you can kind of put in some of the keywords that are relevant to your products yeah. and then kind of see what the, what the competition is and then go after stuff that's lower competition since you're, you're just getting started. And yeah. then as your site gets a higher uh, domain rank, then you'll be able to play a little bit more with the big boys in some of those tougher keywords, but yeah, go for the low hanging fruit and, you know, you'd be surprised. I mean, we have some customers and that, are in very like small niches that you think, even when you check some of the keyword tools and the amount of traffic and you think, you know, 50 searches a month or whatever, like who cares why go after it? Well, if nobody answers that question correctly or has the right product on that result and you can get, become the first result because there's not a relevant one. Now you just sold 50 things you know, and so every single month and you just print that cash. And so that's, uh, I think people often overlook going after the, these more long tail uh, phrases and, and starting there because that's where there's always there's always room there. And hey, maybe you're not going to make a million dollars off of that, but you know those add up. And then yeah. also that's a good way to get your feet wet and kind of feel some reward from okay, cool, we're ranking on this, we're getting some traffic, we've gotten some sales, and now every month we're selling ten of that thing that we weren't selling any of before. And the great thing about organic is. It, it just keeps coming, you know. Fantastic. And if you want to know, we'll link to uh, Hrefs in the show notes as well as Jesse's drop-in blog. You can check all that information out. Jesse, what's some of the best content marketing strategies you've seen this year? What, what are some of the ones that have really stood out to you? Yeah, I think the best ones are have, have been probably this uh, longer tail stuff, as I was just mentioning, mm. uh, because there's been content marketing has been really big for a few years, kind of, as you had asked or mentioned before is like, is it too late kind of thing? And, you know, the big players, they're, they're doing great and they're doing a lot of good content and the, the, the high competition stuff, it's hard. Mm. And, but you know, where, where I've seen a lot of, as people have been shifting to online more and, and all these new players coming in, and I've definitely seen the most success in this longer tail stuff and uh, a big kind of drive there, as well as quality, quality, quality. You know, yeah. it used to be, there's a lot of guys with these like Amazon affiliate sites who are just pumping out crap content, trying to rank everyone. And, and it was kind of like working. And then, but then some people actually build some real content and Google's getting really good at telling what's actually really good 
quality content. And yeah. so it's try not to shortcut on that and, and make really good content. And it's, you know, it's better to, to make one really, really good article that's in depth and really answers those questions than it is to make a bunch of thin articles that no one cares about and that kind of thing. And Google, they did a smart thing, how they can tell if, if you, the person actually stays on your, your site versus going back to the search results. So they check that, like, you know, if you search for red camping blanket and they click on yours and they go there and it doesn't see what they, they don't find something useful. They go back to Google and they click on the next thing. So Google sees like, Oh, they click this and then they click this. So obviously yeah. yours didn't answer the question. Yeah. Right. But if you have a really in-depth, like 4,000 word article about the best camping blankets and the person spends 10 minutes on the site and or never goes back to Google, then Google says, oh, well, that we delivered the right result because yeah. the person didn't come back and click on the next one. So it's just a kind of a high level talk there about quality, quality, quality is really important. Uh, and Google rewards you for that. And I've seen sites that have lower domain rank and not a lot of Google reputation in general outrank some stronger sites because they had the better answer, the yeah. better article, you know. So no that's a good way that. to get started. That's really fascinating. So you think a trend going forward then for 2021, the way to win content marketing is just do the smaller the niche, the long tail keywords, but do it really super well. Yep. And another thing with those tools is you can see what – They'll show you what who else is ranking, which obviously you can just search it, but they'll show you as well the, the current search results. And so you can kind of see, okay, like how, how big are those articles and, uh, you know, what, what do they look like and what is my competition? And you, where you kind of know you hit the jackpot is if you find a keyword that is related to something that you sell, that there's just not really good content there. Yeah. And so, you know, if you go to Google and you search it and you click on the first five results and none of them are really helpful, then you kind of know, okay, that's the one I want to go after because yeah. that's the one I can write a good informative article on that Google will recognize, hopefully, <laughs> and you will, uh, you know, reward, get rewarded for that. And then, you know, because in theory, like Google wants the consumer to get the relevant content, right? So you want to create quality stuff and, and uh, but yeah, those smaller niches, it's, it's good. And then the other thing is it's a little bit, people care less about trying to push you off this mountain or in this case, uh, hill of, uh, of these small terms, right? Cause it's just, then the next guy's doing exactly what I just said. Yeah. He does the research. He says, you have this amazing 4,000 word article that's winning. It's kind of like, ah, oh, well, it's a small keyword. It's not a lot of traffic. It's not really worth it for me to put my time into there. And so yeah, then that true. can keep that yeah, category for you it. versus yeah, yeah, no, great. if you're on really strong competition keyword, you know, iPhone cases or some super high competition, you know, it's like everyone's just, you know, now it's a 10,000 word article and now they got a hundred backlinks to that. Now they got a thousand backlinks to that. Like it, it just, it's a very tough competition. So yeah. if you're getting started, it's best to, to keep it on the longer tail stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, Jesse, listen, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Always great to reconnect. Always great to see whereabouts you are in the world. So thank you so much for that. And uh, Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Thanks a lot, Matt. And uh, thanks for taking the time to catch up and uh, good talking to you and your audience. Wonderful. Thanks, Jesse. 
It's always fun to catch up with Jesse. Now, if you enjoyed that as much as I did, then you'll be pleased to know that the links to Jesse and today's show notes are available at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 47. Now, next up is Ellie, uh, who has been on the show a couple of times now. Elle is a resident Shopify expert and has always got great tips to share. So again, grab your notebooks, especially if you're into Shopify, as we are going to get to listen into Elle a little bit more and get some more really great stuff. With everything that has happened in 2020, right? Um, and we're going into 2021. What are you taking from this year to next year? What are you taking from 2020 into 2021? Yeah. So for me, uh, I'm a huge planner. So I started the year, you know, 2020 with all these plans. My word for the year was consistent. I feel like 2020 just laughed at it and was like, <laughs> oh, that's cute. You have plans. You have new plans now. Um, we've changed all your plans. So I honestly feel like halfway through the year, I was like, okay, my new word for 2020 is flexible. <laughs> the opposite of consistent in some respects. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like you have to just roll with it. But I've seen so many different businesses and, and, you know, sadly, we're hearing all these stories. I live in the U.S. about small businesses that are really suffering or going out of business. And I feel like the ones that are kind of making it through it or even thriving throughout this process are the ones that are pivoting. So being flexible and going, okay, yes, I had these other plans, but how can I make it work now? Um, how can I pivot and give a new angle or a new spin to it? And I think that's really what I'm going to be taking in with my business moving forward, because I will admit, like I've, I've been in business for 10 years and I'm a pretty like rigid planner. Um, and I learned some pretty good life lessons this year of like, you just got to roll with the punches and just go, you know what? It is what it is. Now let's move on. Let's pivot, do what we need to do to get it done. Yeah, very good. Very, very good. It helps with resilience, doesn't it? I think the the, oh, yeah. the ability to to take a punch um and 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 not crumple is um the flexibility required is 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 yeah. I liked your little analogy. 2020 just laughed at my word for yeah. the year. Consistent. Oh yeah, it just totally laughed. <laughs> where do you where do you get your words for the year from? Do you just at the start of the year just it just comes to you? Is this something that is like a goal for you? How do, how do you achieve that word? Yeah, so I always start kind of planning for the year ahead in like Q4 of the existing year. And I just really start thinking about what I'm wanting to accomplish in the year ahead and then kind of my overall theme mm -hmm. um, in my business. And then from that, I kind of come up with a word for how I'm going to actually achieve that. So like this past year, it was for my business, YouTube growth. Mm -hmm. And for that, my biggest thing was, okay, I need to be consistently posting. I need to deliver consistent, you know, high quality production value. And that's kind of how I came up with that word. Um, but yeah, I think now it's just going to be like, well, well, how, how is the year going so far? And, and definitely who knows what's, what's going to happen now. So just being a little bit more flexible, I think is going to be good for me. I've learned to laugh at situations more where I used to try and like control them. Now I'm just <laughs> laughing and I'm like, eh. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be what it'll be. It's fine. Yeah, it'll be good. A big thanks to Elle again. As always, 
uh, you get some great stuff from Eldon. It always brings top value. Uh, and you can find all of the notes and links to our conversation uh, with her on the website at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 47. Next up is the fab Tim Hughes. We met in episode 32 as we talked about how social selling can grow your online business, which I, I genuinely love. So uh, I grabbed the chance to talk to uh, the CEO of DLA Ignite uh, and ask him some more questions about that and how it's going to work in 2021. Here we go. We have just gone through the most extraordinary year, right? 2020 will be yeah. will be in our diaries for a long time and we're heading into 2021. What are the things that you're taking from 2020 into 2021? What are some of the things that you've learned that you think actually for next year, this is just gold? Um, I think it's probably changed the way I think it's changed the way that we do business. Um, let me talk about business for a second. You know, I, I live in London. Um, I think that there was an expectation, you know, if there was going to be a course in Singapore, I'd have to get on a plane and fly to Singapore. I now don't think that is expected. Mm. And for me, that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, I like, I love Singapore, but um Going to Singapore just to speak for an hour and then coming home again doesn't feel like a good use of my time. No. Even going into London for meetings, I think, has changed. Yeah. Um, and what used to happen would be you'd say, when are you next in London? And then it would be like three weeks away. But whereas now you can have a call with somebody and it will be tomorrow or the day after. And so the speed of business is actually picked up. Yeah. Um, so um, from so those things, so, so from my perspective, um, I've gained two hours a day. Because if I was commuting into London, it would if I get to the city, even though it's only 20 minutes into Waterloo, by the time I've got to the city, it's an hour. Yeah. And an hour back again, sitting on a train. Um, so um, I'm doing all kinds of things like um, I've, um, I'm training again. Um, I'm doing a meditation course. Um, so all kinds of stuff. And I think I'm getting – and I think what it's done is it's – I think it's connected to us. Everybody is slowed down. And I think what's happened is I think it's connected everybody to realize that there's actually more important things in life mm. than just going to work. Work is important because it provides us with the money to enable us to buy the things that we want or to do the things that we want. But I, I guess get the feeling that we've we've kind of all slowed down a bit. Yeah. Um, and there's a certain amount of reconnection going on with, um, you know, I've not been able to see my father. Um, he's 88. Um, he has dementia. He's doubly incontinent. He has Parkinson's. You know, it, 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 he could he could die tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that have actually not even been able to connect with the people and go into the hospital where their their loved ones have died, and that must be a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that there's a there's a kind of a uh, there's a kind of a a sympathy in the world or an empathy that these things are happening and actually we need to we need to do things differently that's really interesting so do you understand what i mean no i do totally and i think i think you're right i think covid has caused everybody to sort of reframe life a little bit hasn't it and and, and go well hang on a minute yes um let me let me just rethink and re-examine a whole bunch of stuff here which is why 
um, you know, you can't buy gym, home gym equipment for loving the money online, you know, and bikes sold out. Everyone was like, well, it's yeah. summer. I'll just go out on my bike. I'm going to do stuff that I've not done in years, right? My mum, who is, um, let's just say she's older than me, obviously. I'm not going to divulge her age, but she's older than me, bought a bike for the first time in yeah. what? 40 years this year um couldn't get a leg over yeah. the frame but she's got the bike right <laughs> and it's that yeah. it's that re-examination which i think has been quite fascinating so for you if i'm hearing you right you're talking about gaining this extra two hours a day where you were just sitting on a train beforehand assuming you could sit of course um yeah and you're using that time uh to do meditation to do exercise um to sort of invest in you as opposed to just do work is that what i'm hearing yes. yeah i mean you could do work but but what i'm doing is that i i want to be able to come out of this of this situation and be able to say that i use the time to do this 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 and this um so um, my partner's um 25 year old for example he's just moved to to barcelona mm. um and you know he he went to his his the company that he works for. And he said, look, I can work just as much in Barcelona as I can in London. Why can't I go there? And they said, yeah, okay, off you go. And he's actually, again, using the time. Um, he's always wanted to work abroad. So he's actually using the time, to, to, he's putting the time to good use. I, I mentioned that because he said, he said, have you seen this Calm app? No, I've not seen it. So um, um, I downloaded it. Anyway, it's got this, it's got a 30 um, day meditation course. Yeah. So I'm basically working my way through through that. Um, so I come out of, or we we or we we go into 2021 with new skills, um, with um, different outlooks and reflections on life, but also making sure that we are um, we're also making sure that my I want to make sure that my network kind of comes with me. If you see what I mean, you know, mm. there's um, there's people that I know that have lost their jobs. Um, that are um, all lost all of their work. They're freelance and they've lost all their work. And I and I think it's um, it's my duty to do something about it. Yeah. Uh, I might not be able to solve the problem, but if we all think that okay, if we have a network of twenty people, if we all look at that twenty people and say I can do one thing for that twenty, and we all do it, then that's actually there's. 60 million people in the UK. So that's, you know, there's an awful lot of people helping each other out. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that we, I think that's the thing that we, we should be taking into to 2021. Yeah. And actually, um, the British spirit has always been that. I just, I think when we, when we get to these points of crisis, we, we start doing that an awful lot more, which is, um, which is quite fascinating. So you're going to carry this on into 2021. 21 right if covid stops and life returns back to normal or when it returns back to normal let's be hopeful um it starts to return back to normal maybe next year at some point do you go back to being on the train two hours a day do you go back to flying to singapore or are you kind of keeping this level of thinking in what you're doing um i think we could debate about what level of normality that we're going to go back to i think we're living with with covid mm. Um, and, and I think, you know, if, if it had been, if we'd all said, let's use Zoom over the weekend, um, you know, nobody would have done it. But um, everybody's now used to it. And I and, and the level of, you know, it is the new normal mm. um, and having meetings online, I think, and doing presentations online, I, I think is seen as being the normal. Will it go back to it? I think um, talking to some people 
they're predicting that what will happen is that in the past we had 80% of the people in the office, 20% 20 of the people were either remote or traveling. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to 20% of the people in the office uh, because some people need to be there because they're single. um, They may not have the ability to work from home. There may be a vulnerability um, of them working from home. Um, But 80% of the people will will be working from home and we'll see that switch. And I think that will become normal. That's good. That's interesting. Yeah, the 80-20 rule. Hmm. So what do you see, um, I mean, apart from those kind of changes, do you do you see anything else in 2021? Any, you know, your predictions blog, if you like, what, what, what's in there? What else is in there? Um, I, I mean, I've just seen a, a, an article from, um, from Gartner that they, they expect people to accelerate the move to digital mm. and in in the past um what would happen if we take sales as an example um what you would do is that you would go and have meetings with people um it's highly unlikely that a company if it has an office would actually allow external people to come and visit mm. because it's going to be a difficulty enough keeping um covid from um, the, your existing employees from spreading it around. So the fact if you're letting people that you, you don't even know to basically come into the office and probably give everybody COVID is not going to happen. So there has to be a fundamental change in terms of the way that we do virtual or remote selling. Um, the days of face-to-face selling are over. Um, and I think that you know we're going to see Teams and Zoom and um, there's a couple of products that we're seeing um, coming through um, that um, th- that will be the norm. Yeah. I um, mean, that's how we will we will work. And I think there's a there's a big there's a big debate going on in sales that probably no one is having. It's kind of the elephant in the room, which is today what we've had is face to face salespeople and we've had um, SDRs or sales development people, which generally would start a conversation on they'd make a cold call, they'd have a conversation and they would hand it to the face to face. And and what we're we're now in the situation is okay, so what are we going to do about sales? Um, because that model doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And nobody is um nobody is actually standing up and saying, okay, that the new model is something. Um and and as you know, my my belief is that we're all fed up with all the old marketing techniques of sending emails and, and advertising and um, cold calling anyway. Um, and we're going to see a, a faster switch and transition over. I mean, the, the figures that were coming from Gartner was that they reckon that um, everybody is accelerating their programs and they will, will see the switch in five years rather than 10 years. Wow. Yeah. No, that and that makes a lot of sense, right? That that totally makes a lot of sense. And do you think then going forward, I mean, for the sales side of things, actually, if you're interested in selling, you, you you're you're not too late. Now's a good time. Make 2021 the year where you actually learn how to do this digitally well. Um, yeah, we're having a lot of people come to us. I mean, I, I, we've just signed a whole flurry of of people. Um, because what they're saying to us is we need to be, you know, 2020 is a write-off. Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, if a salesperson doesn't make the number, you know, we'll let it go. 
but 2021 we've got basically we've got to we've got to be um active um and we've got to claw the money that we were going to get back um and therefore what we need to do over the next three or four months is actually become um uh digitally active so i mean i've had some people say yeah but it's q4 and it's like uh well yeah but you know, Q4 is Q4. I mean, you know the deals that you've got. You know the pipeline. Yeah. You know what you're going to close, and you know what you're not going to close. Um, and um, around that, the business needs to be digitally savvy. And you could either do it this quarter, or you're going to wait until when. You, well, when are you going to do it? Yeah, yeah. This quarter is 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 a good enough time. If you wait until um, Q1 of 2021, you're going to be in catch up. Because you're going to actually be starting 2021 in in analog mode, yeah. and everybody that's coming to us saying, you know, we we entered lockdown analog, we're going to come out of this digital, um, and that's the, the. I mean, we're hearing that from leader after leader after leader that we're talking to, um, and I think that's the big change that we're seeing. And I think that the we're seeing people are now we so so one of the things that amazed me, and I'm so, apologies for. Um, for talking about this because I'm biased, but one of the things you, you got to remember that um, when when we built the the the, art, the the programs that we generated for helping people to sell on social, they they're a bit like my children. You know, I've nurtured them and I've created them, and and so I want them to do well in the world. Sure. Um, and um, and actually, what we found is that with our clients, their ability to generate business. Um, and leads and meetings has gone up in the pandemic, not down. Um, and while that may sound, well, yeah, he will say that because he sells those programs. Um, it's the, the thing that's interesting to me is that I think there has been a complete shift to people being online. Yeah, I'm seeing more people active on LinkedIn. They're not doing the right things. They're generally doing the wrong things, but there's an, there's a, there's an activity. And that's because we're sitting at home, in our pajamas, um, and we're because um, and, we're, and we're not in the office. So what are we going to do? We're going to go online. That's when we're spending our time, and that's. And I still think the shift that's taking place. I don't know if you've seen the the the, the, um, the research recently from McKinsey that said that, that showed that there was um, e-commerce uptake. Um, there was the amount of e-commerce uptake in the last three months was the same as what we'd had for the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So we had 10 years worth of digital transformation in the last three months. And I still think looking back, we don't realize how much transformation has actually taken place because we're generally thinking about the here and now and worrying about whether we're going to see our dad or stuff like that, rather than actually seeing and looking around and seeing the transformation. There's been so much of people getting used to buying stuff online, um, and the change, I think it's 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 going it's massive. Yeah, that's brilliant, Tim. Thank you so much for that, bud. I think we've got lots and lots of gold there. Love that. Did you catch that? Tim said the change is going to be massive. Yes, it is, Tim. I, I absolutely agree with it. Uh, he's great, isn't he, Tim? And of course, you can find the notes from my conversation and links to Tim and his social media uh, in the show notes at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 47. Now, before I bring on the next guest, let me just take a minute to thank this week's show sponsor. Let me give a big shout out to one of our show sponsors, Curious Digital. You know what? I love its flexibility. 
It's such a great platform. You know how when you start out, you might typically use an online platform because they're cheap, they're easy to use, super accessible. But you know what? They aren't that flexible. And as your business grows, you end up moving to an agency, right? because that's just what you do. And at some point, you're going to have this nightmare to deal with, and it can be incredibly expensive. And the thing for me that I love about KD is it will grow with you. You can start out on the platform easily, and as your business grows, then KD will adapt with you. Now, I don't know of any other platform that does all of that. So if you're in the market for a new e-commerce platform, make sure you follow the links from mattedmondson.com. Take advantage of the offers that they've got for you and uh, let me know what you think. Okay, let's bring on my next guest, Brad Wayland. Now, Brad was a recent guest, actually. He was on the show in episode 40, where we had an amazing conversation talking about how to sell your e-commerce business. That's right. I got so many takeaways from that show. I don't know about you. Uh, So here is some more fab stuff from Brad. What do you see for 2021? What are you taking into the the new year and some of the trends that you're seeing and just some of the things that you're ring your brain that you want to be aware of in terms of brokerage uh anything whether it's just e-commerce the the sort of yeah selling the business or what what do you see as some of the trends well we have this theory that 2021 is going to be a really crazy year for selling and the reason is because covid has helped more businesses than it's hurt Mm -hmm in terms of online. Online businesses have been inordinately uh, big gainers. Yeah. So we have this theory that we're going to be overwhelmed with work in 2021 because people are going to say, hey, in March, I got this new uptick. And so when they get to March of next year, they're going to say, hey, I've got a year's worth of history. Now my business is worth a lot more than it was because it's always on the trail in 12 months. Okay. And so we have this theory that it's going to be busy. Um, you know, now there's so much uncertainty. I mean, just, you know, in the U S it's just, it's election cycle and it's just, there's unrest in the streets. It's, you know, you've probably seen that our our cities are being burned down and (laughs) monuments and everything else. It's a pretty crazy time. Um, and so, um, I think there's kind of an air of caution kind of going around in the air too, but, Uh, That's one of the things for 2021 is that we really feel like a lot of these sellers are going to try to capitalize. And uh, the other thing we're seeing is, didn't get to talk about it today, but private equity is running into e-commerce at an alarming speed right now. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, There's a company called Thrasio out of Boston that has bought um, a bunch of Amazon-based businesses. And in less than two years, they've amassed a over $1 billion valuation. Whoa. And... um, I have had, I think we have tracked that we have had over 30 phone calls with firms that are trying to replicate what they're doing. And I've actually sold businesses to two firms that are trying to replicate what they're doing. I think our company has sold businesses to 10 firms that are trying to replicate what they're doing. And so what we think is happening is we think that Thrasio has opened up private equity to e-commerce. Yeah. And we think that multiples are starting to grow already. We've seen them tick up a little bit this year. And so 
it's interesting when you think about it because the safe haven in the United States for your money has been commercial real estate for as long as I can remember. Yeah, it is definitely not now. <laughs> now nobody wants it. No, nobody wants to go to the office, right? So everyone's the bailing. It's a massive thing. The flight to safety is e-commerce. Yeah. It's a total flip-flop. Yeah. So I think that 2021 could be a year where I think what we've done with pandemic is just as a general rule. I think that we have pushed a fast forward button. Yeah. I think we were going to get there eventually anyway, but I think that everybody like just even, I don't know what it's like in the UK, but I mean, just even food. Like I'm looking at, I go to Chipotle for lunch. Do you have Chipotle in the UK? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. So I go to Chipotle for lunch today and you know, you can sit at the tables now. They have like one seat available at every six person table and every other one says, don't sit here. So you can have one person can sit. I think maybe two people can sit next to each other. Um, but, but then when you hear the numbers, like it made no sense to me. Chipotle like beat their estimates. Wow. You know, they sold more, you know, uh, there's a popular like chain. I'm not a big chain guy in terms of like sit down restaurants or anything. I pretty, we, we eat pretty local, but there's a big chain called Chili's in the United States. Like, okay. I've heard of it, but there's like maybe 1100 locations. Mm -hmm. And I heard the CEO on CNBC say a few weeks ago that in July they were flat compared to last July. And I was sitting there thinking about that. I'm like, how's, these how's that restaurants work? are half full. How could you be flat? How's that even possible? Yeah. So it has something to do probably with stimulus checks and things like that. But I'm just saying that to me, this fast forward button that's happening, it's going to crush traditional retail faster. It's going to help internet businesses faster. And so we're getting not only a flood of people that are going to potentially want to sell, but you're also going to get a flood of people who potentially want to participate. Yeah. And so I really feel like it's already happening, but I feel like 2021 could be a real banner year in terms of just seeing electronic commerce kind of continue to squash out the kind of old guard. That's a really interesting comment. I mean, when COVID hit um, after the first month and we were seeing what was going on, certainly with our own sales, I was like, I I don't know what to say here, but I'm the lucky one because my, my business, is, it felt like it had doubled in value overnight because of a, mm -hmm. a virus that was, you know, horrendous to a lot of the world. But everyone everyone flocked to do stuff online and it's like all my businesses are online businesses. My do you know what I mean? It was like a whole holy cow. <laughs> and so I've never worked business. as hard, actually, um, than the last few months. I had one business that did worse, that like did noticeably worse. And it was a guy that sells accessories for cruisers. Okay. He he saw his business go down by ninety plus percent because wow. the cruise ship stopped operating. Yeah. Um but everybody else that I talked to. I mean, pretty much it's just been a lift. Yeah. Almost across the board. Yeah. I had a guy that sold some prom stuff. Prom's like a, I don't know, the prom in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, People know what it is because of the movies. Yeah. Guy sold prom stuff. His trends got hurt, but he was still able to sell and did pretty well on the sale. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 I don't know about you, but I noticed actually when COVID hit sales, I mean, was crazy. And then the, the month or two after that, they kind of dipped. Like everyone that rushed to buy, uh, well, certainly on Jersey, everyone that rushed to buy face cream had like three months of face cream. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, I don't need some next month. And it seems to, and so it kind of dipped. Now it's picking back up again. It kind of went crazy. And don't get me wrong, the dip was still good, but do you know what I mean? It yep. kind of, it, it, it sort of has done I've that. Seen that. I've seen that exact trend. Mm. Really intriguing. I'm curious to see what happens in the run-up to Christmas now uh, with, uh, with the whole thing. Listen, uh, that's brilliant. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate that. Thanks, Brad. Now, if you want to know more about Brad, if you want to connect with him, if you are thinking about selling your e-commerce business, then make sure you do check uh, check out the Fab Podcast uh, with Brad. Uh, but also, uh, the links to that and to Brad will be found in the show notes from today at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 47. Now, without further ado, let me bring back Joanna Steele onto the show. Now, Joanna's been on the show a couple of times and we've always had fab conversations. And let me tell you, this one doesn't disappoint either. So here we go. Let's let's talk about that then. So what are, for you, what are the things from t- that have happened in 2020, the lessons, the ideologies, the whatever language we want to use, but what's happened in 2020 that you go, I am taking that forward into 2021. (laughs) Um, I mean, personally, I can say that, um, you know, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. So I'm not sure if you're aware, but um, this time last year, actually, I began a six month sabbatical where I traveled South America, Southeast Asia and West Africa. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And to think one year on, you know, traveling is really difficult at the moment. You must be and so glad you did it, actually, at that point. Yeah, yeah. At the time that I did. So, and, and I was umming and ahhing about it for a little while. And actually, you know, it was a friend of mine who sort of said, come on, John, and do it. Um, and so that's a real example of, you know, when you want to do something, you know, if you can sort of just go for it, you know, try not to hesitate because you never know when that opportunity might be taken away from you. And mm. um, so there's that. Um but if you're thinking more from an e-commerce, digital uh, marketing perspective, um, I think for me, um, understanding sort of UGC, CGC, I think this year has proven that CGC, user-generated content, customer-generated content is here to stay, right? Um, It's not going anywhere. Um, And, you know, with the sort of increasing usage of TikTok, particularly sort of among the Gen Z generation, um, we're seeing sort of user-generated content just literally, you know, just taken over. Um, and so if anyone was thinking that, you know, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitters were sort of going away, I think this has proven that they're here to stay and there's going to be some new new platforms sort of in the midst. And, they're, they, you know, they're competing against bringing out new features and really trying to compete to keep customers um, and to keep consumers on their platforms um, and using them more and more in, in, in innovative ways. So um, definitely feel that, you know, if anyone is still umming and ahhing about having a digital presence or doing more online or doing more on social media, doing more in the user-generated content space, you know, no time to hesitate. You have to, you have to sort of grab the opportunities by both hands. How do you see... Um, user-generated content, CGC, that that whole side of things. How do you see that changing? I mean, you've hinted a little bit, I suppose, with TikTok, but how do you see that changing in 2021? 
So I think um, in 2021, what we're going to see a lot more of um, is brands, and particularly sort of some of the bigger brands, um, sort of using user-generated content in their above-the-line campaigns. Mm. So I think, um, you know, I think we'll see a shift away from maybe the budget spent on videos, um, you know, photography, and actually putting that budget into strategies which encourage and reward customers for creating content um, and then using that user-generated content as almost like the the sort of the main, um, I suppose, bulk of, of, the content, on, of the content for a particular campaign. Yeah. So I think we'll see a lot more of that. Um, I think what there's a concept that's coming out around Remix, um, CGC, Remix UGC, and that basically is when um, a user or a customer, in effect, sort of remixes already existing brand content. So, um, so essentially, it's something that actually um, Beyonce has recently done with her Ivy Park Adidas um, full collection launch, where she um, sent out her products, not just to influencers, but to fans and customers as well. Um, and also sent a sort of a backdrop for them to do their own photo shoot. So it was the same backdrop that she used for, you know, for her own campaign. And so she sent that to fans. She sent that to influencers alongside the product. And there they sort of did their own photo shoots, put their own sort of, um, you know, their own twist um, using sort of the authenticity of themselves and using their own twist to create their own photo shoots. But then you had the kind of consistency in the look and feel because, they were using the same flowery yeah. fabric. So there's going to be a lot more of that. Um, and so where sort of, you know, the customers, influencers will be um, given, I suppose, some some pointers or at least given some given some content and then it, it, the, the onus will be on them to sort of remix it and put their own sort of, their own sort of um, spin on it. Um, and then the brand really will then use that and push mm. and push that out. So I think there's going to be a lot more of that. I know people were sort of saying that influencer marketing is dead. It's not, it's just changing. So I think brands are sort of moving away from quality, sorry, quantity and focusing on quality, quality. Um, and perhaps are moving away from the people with millions and millions of followers and really focusing on micro influencers. So mm. people that have, you know, you know, one to 10K followers, but have a really engaged audience. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a lot more of that. But I also feel like, aside from the influencer marketing, brands are really going to leverage and tap into using their customers a lot more um, in their advertising and above the line campaigns. Thanks, Joanna. Now, if you want to connect with Joanna, then as you should know by now, all of her info, the links to Joanna will be in the show notes at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 47. That's how you access them. They're there for you for free and just have at it and connect with all of the, the guests tonight. Now it's time for our penultimate guest of the show, Simon Driscoll. Now, Simon is actually growing his own e-commerce business. It's a beauty business. Uh, I always enjoy my conversations with him. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, this, this whole thing. What's he taking from 2020 into 2021 from his point of view? Here's our conversation. What are you taking, Simon, from 
2020 into 2021. I mean, 2020 has been a hell of a year. Um, what What are the, some of the key lessons that you've learned this year that you're taking through to 2021 for your your business? Um, well, the thing thing I've learned is that um, once you sell one thing, you can probably sell another thing to the to the same person. So I've got um, just been testing a, a post purchase upsell that kind of that kind of thing. So uh, with the new products I'm going to have, I'll, I'll have a full capsule range. Um, so um, hopefully I'll be able to sell more stuff to the same people is one thing. The next thing that um, has kind of worked for me is uh, content marketing. So um, I've got some some nice videos on YouTube and um, some some blog posts that are getting some traction. So I'm going to invest a bit more in um, in content. And if you look at any of the big beauty companies, like um, they have huge kind of social media and content marketing teams or agencies working for them, um, just to create a bit of buzz around the brand. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm going to do next year. Uh, so I've got a, it's all in train now in order to to hit the ground running next year. Fantastic. So the two big things for you are going to be upsells and content marketing. And yeah. you are right. I mean, with upsells, you can add as much as 30, 40 percent to your bottom line if you've got a good upsell, you know, and a good upsell yeah. system. So it is worth definitely investing in that because it is easy pickings. They're already buying from you. So let's yeah. increase their average order value from us. It makes an awful lot of sense. Exactly, they're over that psychological hurdle. They're in the buying frame of mind. Why not? Why not get them to buy something else? And you know, if you if you can put the right offer together, um, then it costs me no extra in postage mm -hmm. to send out that extra thing. And it's just you know, it's it's money for nothing really. So yeah, um, I've got four more products coming out early next year. Um, oh wow! They're out with testers now. So and 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 the feedback's really really good. So what are the so, products that are coming out? I've got three serums. Yeah, yeah, I've got three serums. Um, so I've got um, rice milk and niacinamide. Um, I've got a retinol and avocado oil, and I've got strawberry and vitamin C serum. And then I've got a moisturizer, which is a really rich, um, it's oat and avocado butter moisturizer. Again, that's got niacinamide and um, allantoin and loads of other kind of anti-aging ingredients in it. And um, so that's that. I'm getting really good feedback from that. So it's, uh, very soon they'll be going off for testing um, and hopefully I've got the pack packaging so I can launch those quite quickly next year. Fantastic. And why have you decided to throw three serums into the mix? I'm just asking because funnily enough, we're going to launch a serum um, in the next few weeks. And so I'm, 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 I'm curious about this. It's, it's to do, well, it's to do with providing that complete range, that complete package. Mm -hmm. um, so our kind of um, USP is around, providing skincare for your skin type. So we've got four cleansers that target four skin types. Um, obviously, niacinamide, vitamin C and retinol, they all uh, treat skin conditions. So they're kind of anti-aging or moisturizing or, you know, they 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 brighten the skin. So it's, it's being able to have something for everyone and be able to upsell them to the right people. Mm. So um, I'm also working on a, a kind of... Um, kind of lead magnet which is a a skin analyzer where you, you kind of you answer a few questions about your skin we we kind of analyze the results and recommend you a regime um, and all of these products fit into that um, skin analyzer so that's that's been a, something i've been working over over the summer on it's quite com complicated a lot of content behind <laughs> it a lot of value though there'll be a yeah, lot yeah. of value behind yeah. it 
and and I'll have a product for every single kind of skin type plus skin condition. So if you want to, you know, improve the brightness of your complexion, I've got vitamin C. If you want an anti-aging thing, I've got retinol. You want, you know, yeah. got problems with moisture, then I've got niacinamide and a moisturizer. So yeah, that's it's it's all kind of interlinked. The the content, the products, the the kind of offers I can I can put together. That's that's the kind of plan. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you're excited for 2021? Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, everything because I'm an outsider to the skincare industry. So it's taken me a lot longer to learn um, the ins and outs of the industry and what people want from the products. But I think I'm in a place now where I kind of, I'm in a, in a I can go faster now, I think. I think I understand um, what people want and when they want it and how they want it um, delivered. That includes packaging, marketing, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I think it's all coming together. Oh, fantastic. Big thanks to Simon. Always great to hear tales of his growing online business. If you want to check out Simon's site, then we will, of course, put links to the site and to Simon in the show notes at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 47. Now it's time for our final guest of the final part of the mashup series. So closing out this whole mashup series uh, is the fabulous Kath Pay. Uh, and as I said uh, in episode 45, when she was on the show, uh, Kath was also on the show in episode 35 uh, and we talked about email marketing. And I have to admit that I was more than a little jealous of Kath's location as we had this uh, conversation, as we recorded this, because it was not cold, damp Britain, let me tell you. Uh, so here's my conversation with Kath. 2020 has been, well, it's been the most extraordinary of years, hasn't it? So what are you taking from 2020 into 2021? What's the learning that you're carrying forward? Okay. My learning, not life learning, but um, marketing learning. Uh, I'm assuming that's what you're asking. You can answer that question either way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll I'll, I'll answer both then. So life-wise, it's like make the most of the here and the now. Because mm-hmm. you don't know what's ahead, right? I think everyone's been learning that. Appreciate what you've got, and um, and you know, see if you can improve it. See if you can improve other people's lives as well. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I'm I've been incredibly fortunate, and I have not suffered hardship at all. And I know I'm not the norm. Mm. I know there's a lot of other people who are suffering um, on a day to day basis. So, yeah, and this is kind of bringing me into the next one because the life learning also is is show empathy, right, mm. in your day-to-day as a human, as a person with other people. Don't be quick to, to scold. Don't be quick to, you know, critique or anything like that because, you know, other people are not in necessarily a good place. Mm. So. Be understanding. We can carry that same empathy over to our email marketing. And I think that I've been saying that right from the very beginning because I've also been talking about this for years anyhow, that it's the more customer-centric style of marketing. And I think it's really come to the forefront during 2020. I think the brands that have recognized that from early on and understand and they are becoming more customer-centric. They're becoming more what I call helpful marketing. And that's what it is. Going back to that two sides of the same coin, all you're doing is you're helping them. Mm -hmm. You understand them, show some empathy, 
and and just try and and yeah be as 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 helpful and considerate as you can and i think it it, it will definitely pay off it will pay off in the short run but also pay off in the long run because people will remember that people will will note that you are a brand that stood out from the crowd you know in the push push sale sale you know yeah. type of, you know marketing that we currently do so um yeah that's that's my life and marketing <laughs> <laughs> all rolled into one i like it that's great uh very very good um listen kath thank you so much again for being on the show super super grateful so a big thanks to Kath. You see what I mean about the location. Uh, it looks lovely, doesn't it? Now, since we've recorded this interview, uh, Kath has released her brand new book, which I've mentioned before, called Holistic Email Marketing, available where all good books are sold. Definitely check it out if you want to know more about email marketing. It is recommended reading, that's for sure. So a big thanks to all of my guests for being on the Mashup episodes. It was great to catch up with all of you. But I also need to say a big thanks to the team here who, let me tell you, have spent many painstaking hours editing and putting the episodes together. To be honest, I got the easy job, which was basically talk to the fad, uh, fab folks. Uh, but Sadaf, Tim and Josh, basically, well, they had to do the real work, right? They had to edit and put all of this stuff together. So a huge thanks to them. Uh, really appreciate all the hard work. Uh, so that's the end of the Mashup series. This is the end of season four next year. We we will start season five, season five, season five of the e-commerce podcast. We've got some great guests coming on the show. We're going to talk about Amazon. We're going to talk about Google Ads. We've got marketing tips to name, but a few things all designed to help us grow our e-commerce businesses. This time in season five, we will be live streaming, not just on Facebook as we record the interviews, but also on YouTube. That's right. I love to live stream the interviews as I actually do them with our guests. Uh, those live streams then get edited, become the podcast, which always comes out a couple of weeks later. If you would like to sort of join us on the live streams, you get to ask the guests uh, the questions as you listen to it. Make sure you connect with us on YouTube and Facebook as we do live stream on those. Of course, more information can be found out about that on our website. Just head on over to e-commerce podcast forward slash 47. So I hope you've got some great stuff out of this show, out of this mashup series, out of season four. If you did, then I would appreciate it if you could rate the show on iTunes and even share it out with friends that you think would benefit from what we talk about. It's always great to get more listeners to the show, connect with more people around the world. As I said at the start, all of the notes, links and transcripts to the guests and to everything that we talked about today uh, is available online. You can get them free at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 47. All that is left for me to say is Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. If Christmas has already happened, I hope it was good. If it hasn't happened, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas and a very happy new year. Thanks for listening and come back next time as we get to interview some more great guests on how to grow our own online businesses. Bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips, and tools for building your business online.